Kia ora and welcome to the See Tomorrow First podcast. I'm Courtney Peters, Group Marketing Manager for NZ Tech. See Tomorrow First is a shared industry and government initiative created by your industry body NZ Tech alongside NZTE and NZ Story to shine a spotlight on New Zealand's amazingly innovative tech companies and to share their stories with the world. I'm joined today by our guest Matt Herbert. Matt is the co-founder and co-CEO of revolutionary brand tracker Tracksuit, recently securing himself a spot as the only Kiwi on the BNT 30 under 30 list for his work in innovative tech. Tracksuit has had remarkable success working with top brands such as Whitaker's, Pix, Goodman Fielder, Icebreaker, Barker's, Bondi Sands and Dermalogica to name a few, having achieved impressive growth and a $45 million evaluation. The company was founded less than three years ago and has already cemented themselves as an authority in tech-driven brand tracking. We're going to talk about the ups and downs that come with such rapid growth and Tracksuit's unique approach to entering new markets offshore. Tēnā Matthew. Thank you for joining me today. I'd love to start out by talking about Tracksuit. What was your inspiration for creating it? What were the problems you wanted to solve then? And how does that fit in with Tracksuit's mission today? Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for, for having me in and, and being able to have a bit of a chat about Tracksuit in the, in the tech sector. And um, I think probably starting off is what on earth is, is Tracksuit. And, and Tracksuit quite simply is uh, a beautiful, affordable, always on brand tracking. And brand tracking within market research, we work with brand leaders and, and brand marketers. And it's all around how do we help understand um, and prove what's working and and look at that uh, communication uh, throughout organizations for consumer brands uh, to get confidence and investment from boards and suites, uh, C-suites and to help great consumer brands build incredible businesses. Um, from a brand tracking, what is brand tracking? Uh, we, we essentially take old school market research and we send out uh, thousands of surveys every week on behalf of our customers. And it's all around how well is a brand known, what do uh, what are they known for, and how does that compare against their competitor set. So used to uh, inform strategy, uh, understand how well um, a brand is executing on that, and then be able to iterate uh, ongoing to, to keep winning and, and growing great businesses. Amazing. So take me through a little bit what the old school is and how you differ from it. Yeah, so... Uh, market research has been around uh, for for a very long time. Uh, the biggest businesses in the world, Unilever's, uh, PepsiCo, uh, Colgate, the likes of that, have been doing research and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, every single year uh, from a consultancy perspective to understand those those key fundamentals. Uh, how do we keep building brands and delivering products in a way that um, has made them world leaders? And uh, what we've noticed, and I think where, where Tracksuit came from is uh, modern consumer brands have been um, have been doing an incredible job of uh, of growing quickly and and performance marketing and and dumping money into to Facebook and Google and ads and being able to really effectively uh, measure it and communicate it back throughout the organisation and so we've seen this over investment um, in in marketing dollars into those short term conversions uh, and then a lot you know over the last fifteen years or so that high growth um, that high growth starts to stagnate so. Warby Parker and Allbirds and Casper Mattresses and a whole lot of these D2C businesses have done a phenomenal job at growing really quickly, but reached this this plateau. And that's where uh, that's where kind of the problem came around. Uh, what gets measured gets managed. And consumer brands have been so focused on that bottom of funnel, selling to people that know about them right now at the expense of building their businesses and their brands uh, over the long term, which when we look back at uh, Unilever's and PepsiCo's and, and Coca-Cola's have been doing that phenomenally uh, over the last 50, 60 years. And so that's uh, how do you take old school market research, which is uh, complex, uh, often very expensive to get into and quite retrospective looking 
which is not a fit for you know fast growing scaling consumer brands so it was taking the best of research the best of brands uh, and, and making that into a uh, an affordable and effective um, brand tracking offering, flipping that consultancy model into a tech-enabled um, brand tracking solution, uh, which is what we're doing at Tracksuit. Amazing. So what is brand health for those who aren't marketers out there? Yeah, totally. So brand brand health, and one, and one of the things we're, we're looking to do is, is create that common language to help communicate, measure, and understand what is brand and brand health. Brand health, quite simply, is uh, looking at how big is your market, how well is your brand or business known, What's it known for? And uh, and then how does that compare to your competitors? So uh, awareness and consideration and who's the most preferred brands and what do people think about uh, and, and are those strengths of your business that make them really successful actually coming through? So the health of your brand is the health of your business, uh, which you can um, bake down into those, fin- those fundamentals of uh, uh, yeah, how well you're known and what do people think and feel about you. Awesome. As a marketer, you really speak my language, so I'm, I'm loving it. But I also know that marketers tend to get into a room and just chat, and that can be hard to convey, which I guess is part of what you're trying to deliver, is like something that we can communicate to non-marketers. Yeah, totally. And I think the probably the most the most simple way is is when you take it to a to an exec or a board or a finance team, you know, speaking about uh, brand health or brand love or brand strength. Um, you know, brand and marketing has probably done quite a poor job at branding and marketing itself internally to, to other stakeholders and so if we have a look at, it, at, a, at an awareness metric for example um, you know internally at your brand or at your business you're living and breathing that brand every single day you know exactly how and what you should be showing up for how you want to be um, showing up but then when you uh, when you start to do brand tracking when you start to go out to the wider market uh, and you think everybody knows about your brand and you see that hey look uh, you know we've got 10 percent awareness so 10% of people in the coffee category or people buying coffee uh, actually know about our brand. And when we compare that to a competitor um, who has 30% awareness, there's a real job to be done about uh, how do we just make more people know about us first before we can start you know, ultimately selling to them. And it's, uh, it's hard to sell to someone that, that's never heard of you. And so being able to have that conversation uh, with the board, with the execs, with the finance teams to say, hey, look, this is where we're at. This is where our competitors are at and just building that confidence and investment to say, great, here's another $500,000 to go and move that 10% awareness and close that gap mm. um, uh, from just how well are we know. And then we start moving across the other kind of levers as a business and the brands yep. uh, that you can do. Amazing. I see like one of your points of difference from the old school way is is price point is something you've talked about a bit. So I'd, I'd love to know kind of how much does it differ without going too much into the detail of price, but also what kind of company are you actually targeting mainly with Tracksuit? Yeah, totally. So from a price point perspective, um, one of our one of our key points of difference is we're, we're always on brand tracking. And so when we talk about always on, that surveys that go out on a consistent weekly basis. Um, as a business, uh, business metrics uh, right across the board are, uh, are often uh, reported and tracked on more than once a year. Uh, and that's what typically uh, uh, market research or brand tracking has done. Um, typically, brands in that in that kind of that mid market may do a piece of research once or twice a year. Um, but a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of things can happen, whether it's seasonalities or pandemics or com- or competitors coming into the market. So having that full visibility across the year about where you're at, what's happening in your category, rather than relying on something that's maybe eight months old and there's been a complete market shift. And so from an always on um, perspective to get anything like that, you're looking at 
100, $120,000 entry point for always on tracking programs. Uh, and so that's where we said, how do we be, uh, how do we be a 10th of the price of that and, and provide, you know, 10 times the ease and, and value of insights coming off the back. Um, so typically what we're seeing is in that, that scaling, that growing um, SME, mid-market consumer brands that has typically done a piece of research once or twice a year and it's saying, hey, look, we're here for you. We've built this for you. And now you get access to it the whole way through. So um, those are kind of the, the price points and, and who we're going at. Nice. <laughs> so prior to founding Tracksuit, um, you'd worked at some pretty big tech names yourself. We've got Uber, Mishguru, Snapchat, to name a few. How has that experience helped you in, in scaling tracksuit yeah so my co-founder connor and i um both studied law at university and now found ourselves in the world of, of tech and, and marketing um but as i look back over the you know where, where that's come from my career so far has been uh, i was fortunate enough to join uh join uber in 2015-16 as this big tech brand was coming in to completely transform transportation across australia and new zealand and you know the job to be done there was um, was how do you how you take a an, an innovative um, brand or platform uh, coming into a country that had no no idea about what on earth Uber was in the northern hemisphere and so that's where my first joining Uber and, and being a part of that that launch and go to market team was my first uh, real exposure to um, big tech big brand but acting like a startup in New Zealand. It was before all the regulations uh, came through. It was before cars were on the road. It's before the apps had been even, you know, downloaded. Uh, and so that for me was um, was the first iteration into, into kind of, I guess, innovative tech, taking on the transport industry, being a part of that brand, scaling out um, the team down in, in the South Island in, in Christchurch. Uh, and then from there, had the opportunity to, to pack my bags and join Mishguru, which is a Snapchat third-party app, another uh, another uh, Kiwi startup that was coming out in 2017. And that's where I moved across over uh, over to Australia, ended up looking after um, uh, APAC business development and looking after uh, the region here. And, and with Snapchat and with Mishguru, it was all around helping brands like McDonald's and Coca-Cola and uh, and, and PepsiCo and, and Unilever and these big brands unlock Snapchat as a new uh, channel and way of marketing to younger audiences. Mm -hmm. So from there, working with those big brands, looking at you know social media and the and that as a channel, um, I had this uh, understanding and insight, and it was being able to work really closely in the marketing tech, the SaaS business again, growing that out, but seeing where these big consumer brands and brands were investing their time and money. Mm -hmm. uh, so then when I, I came back to came back to New Zealand and and linked back up with with Connor. Uh, who is my co-founder and who we both worked together at Mishguru, came back and it was uh, an opportunity to pair up with um, Connor and I from a, a brand marketing, uh, you know, SaaS and tech backgrounds, pairing up with uh, uh, James Herman, one of the world's leading brand strategists uh, on one side and, and TRA, really well-respected uh, enterprise level kind of market research consultancy uh, here. And that's where this, uh, this, this problem and the solution uh, we've been exposed to, to brands. We've seen where the investment's going. We've seen the stagnation for modern consumer brands. And what is that? A lot of focus on the short term in terms of brand and marketing and dollars on the short term investment at the expense of that longer term brand building. And um, off the back of you know what gets measured gets managed, uh, then starting to go out and understand, okay, great, what is the solution and, and how do we take the best of research, the best of brands? Uh, and, and Connor and I in that kind of that SaaS nerd tech space around great let's take this idea a consultancy idea and and make it uh, a fit in this tech platform that we've um, been fortunate enough to be growing tracksuit over the last couple of years man and the growth has been phenomenal like um 
what, a, what was that? A $45 million valuation. How do you manage that kind of scale that fast? Yeah, I think looking at the growth so far, we you know, literally started two and a half years ago, three years ago with this idea, with this concept and going to speak to uh, heads of brands and CMOs across the country. And uh, uh, you know, we look at number of conversations as a key metric for us in the, in the early days. And it was purely just number of conversations with those brand leaders, uh, speaking to 60, 70, 80 of those, uh, those leading consumer brand leaders in, in New Zealand and uh, 11 of those said, hey, look, this sounds like a fantastic concept. It's solving the problems that we need and, and gave us upfront payments for us to, on the promise that we'd go and, and deliver uh, the research around surveys and insights and building into a platform. So we, we started with those, with, those 10, uh, with those 10 New Zealand businesses, uh, Simplicity, uh, All Press, uh, Good George Beer, uh, Yeelands Wine were some of those, those, early, uh, those early brands that we worked with, uh, delivered, the, delivered the product, in the first kind of MVP white label. Uh, and from there, those, you know, those 11 initial customers, we continued to go out, validate, build, bring more customers on, bring more brands on, take that feedback through. Uh, and over the last, uh, last two and a half years, we're now working with 350 customers. We're tracking over 4,000 brands uh, across 200, uh, 200 or so categories in New Zealand, then into Australia, then into the US, the UK, uh, and and soon to be launching our first surveys for our clients in Canada as well. So wow. that's kind of the journey so far over the last three years or so. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about um, how New Zealand businesses often have a global mindset just because our market itself is quite small. And you said you had a slightly different take on that, so I'd love to hear what that is. Yeah, so Trexel, we bootstrapped for the first 18 months. Uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, you know, product market fit for, for us was going to be really, really important. Uh, looking at the, uh, what's the problem, what's the solution and can we build a, a you know, commercially viable business, uh, to start with. I think there's, uh, there can be a lot of, uh, excitement to try to take on the world, um, straight away and, and, and do that. But I think there's something really, really powerful about understanding, um, and finding and capturing and scaling that product market fit here in, in New Zealand, which uh, which is what we did. And, uh, you know, from the early days of, of those early New Zealand customers, there was the, uh, there was the, you know, New Zealand's great, but there's a lot of revenue for consumer brands in the Australian market. And so early on, we said, yes, we want to build this and we want to scale globally. So the back end, all the tech, all the way that we can continue to open markets was there from the start. Um, but we stayed in New Zealand for the first six months. And then we basically had customers that were knocking on our door saying, we need tracksuit in Australia. And so we launched into Australia with another uh, cohort of 10 brands. And that was around going there with those New Zealand brands, really start to um, really start to make sure that we're starting to test and learn in Australia. From there, we started um, looking and, and, and working with some of those marquee brands over in Australia, Eucalyptus, Bondi Sands, Bailey Nelson. Uh, heaps normal, you know, really fast growing non-alcoholic beer company that the Australian market and Australian brands and brand leaders and marketers know. And then that there became tracksuit, you know, for Australia. Yes, we'd come out of New Zealand, but we'd gone in with a cohort. We'd started turning up for those Australian brands. And then from there, the New Zealand and Australian brands said, this is great, but we have a whole lot of revenue. We need tracksuit in the US. Can you do the US? And so we went into the US with another 20 brands. And from there, started working with uh, those US um, marquee brands like Steve Madden and Athletic Brewing and MyFitnessPal. And um, from there, again, showing up tracksuit for the US, 
but just making sure that what we are doing, we're finding that product market fit in each market, uh, we're testing and learning, and then starting to put teams in once we have a really solid understanding of this is not just tracksuit coming out of New Zealand. This is, yes, absolutely, but tracksuit showing up in a way that's that's right for Australia, right for the US, right for the UK um, in each of those markets. So definitely global, but but we started with uh, with a bit of time and effort in, in New Zealand before doing that. That's so fascinating to hear. We've done quite a bit of research for See Tomorrow First to inform the campaign. And, and one of the big challenges that New Zealand tech companies face is this idea of localised knowledge before you go in market. So really cool to hear an example of the way that you, you approach that in the first place. Yeah, and looking at the, you know, the US has, has been one that uh, we've been tracking and we've been working um, in there for the last 10 months also without without boots on the ground it's been all from new zealand and the and the challenges of time zones and opening up new markets but it was taking that really uh, that really considered approach about give ourselves 12 months look to uh some key metrics for us and those new markets for product market fit were where our first 50 customers coming from and where's the first million dollars of revenue coming from and um you know 10 months later we're now in that position uh where we've been doing it from here uh, and my co-founder Connor's just got back from three months in, in New York as we've got our first three in the in the in the New York office and and you know really starting to say okay great this is the repeatable model now we're coming in with uh, with the New Zealand and and, and tracksuit okay I guess kind of values but looking to definitely bring in that local flavor of people that know the market are experienced in the regions uh, and then start you know growing it out growing it out from there uh, with that localized. Uh, localized flavor uh, in those international markets, but you know, staying true to the New Zealand values and, and the ways that we want to show up and keep growing. Awesome. What have been like the biggest challenges you faced as you kind of take this approach? Would you say? I think being bootstrapped for the first eighteen months, we we basically were able to hire one person a month as fast as we could grow, uh, and you know, with that, moving into Australia, moving into the US, uh, with that team of eighteen or so. Uh, time zones becomes a uh, becomes a big thing, and uh, doing the US and the UK often that's early mornings and and late nights, um, burning the candle at both ends for a few months. But then also uh, looking at how well do you, how well do we resource and actually getting people in market when it's right to to start to uh, kind of alleviate that need to to cross a lot of time zones from from New Zealand. So spending time in market was one thing that has uh, overcome that challenge. From New Zealand, we have a really good, really good understanding of what we think will work and how we want to show up. Um, but with time zones, with local markets, with local insights, actually um, getting there, spending time with people in market, getting on the flight, uh, getting into locations is something that I think um, is possibly underrated. Uh, yes, we can sell. You know, yes, you can sell in. Yes, you can market. Yes, you can build products. But actually, spending time going over to those key markets of focus. Uh, you know, has worked has worked well, and, and something that we've done, and something that we'll continue to do, so that we do have that local knowledge. Amazing. What would you say has been like the biggest win, the one moment that's happened for you of the last two and a half years where you've been like, "Wow, we've made it." Uh, <laughs> tech companies and and SaaS businesses and 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 uh, yes, it's technology and it's tech enabled, but it's also the 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 people and the team that continues to um build and contribute and and make it part of what. Uh, what it is to to see the culture and the team and the performance, and so I think the biggest or the most proudest thing uh, at the moment is just seeing how we've gone from, you know, just a couple of us in the early days to a team of uh, team of sixty and in, in four markets, uh, and for the first time uh, next week we're bringing the whole company to to Auckland as a 
a bit of a celebration and a time to come together and connect and uh, and engage. Uh, so you know, Sydney, New York, London, Auckland, all together with a great team and everybody that's come on. We see uh, we see them take real ownership and pride on what we're trying to do and where we're trying to take tracksuit and the impact that we can have on you know brands and businesses. And so I think that's probably been the the biggest one um, or the thing that we're most proud of. Purely from a metrics, uh, after a couple of months, we said, you know, what would make a great first year? And it was, if we can, if we can get $400,000 of revenue in the first 12 months, so hundred grand a quarter for the first 12 months, um, that'll be really, and, and work with great brands and the best brands in the country, that'd be amazing. Uh, and then walked over to the whiteboard and, and wrote up that million dollars. And at the time it was, you know, 72 customers would, or brands would get us to that million. Um, and we did that in, in nine months. And so to set a $400,000 uh, first year budget or plan and to see the first million come through after nine months, I think was where we kind of looked around and said, all right, there's, you know, there's something you know, really here and, and let's, uh, let's see what we can do uh, with you know, more brands and revenue and bootstrapping. That was really important for us. So I think just seeing that first million and that first 72 brands come on board was Amazing. an early milestone. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, I talked a little bit about our research before. It's kind of funny talking to you about research, but um, <laughs> our research was B2B focused. So tech decision makers in the US, UK, Singapore and Australia. And one of the insights we got from it was that New Zealand as in general is seen to be quite a trustworthy country to work with. Have you found that as you've built relationships kind of offshore in market? Yeah, totally. New Zealand's got a, a great reputation. Uh, and I think that's something uh, for us to to all you know, really hold on to and lean into about that, that trust and that innovation and maybe a little bit of that, that cheekiness and that, that number eight wire of, of just getting it done and innovating and solving great problems. And I think it is also really important that we do spend time in market locally with those other um, decision makers and leaders and say, you know, great, you know, ideas and businesses and what we're doing uh, in New Zealand and, and people typically love the Kiwis and, uh, but also making sure that it is localized to the US or the UK or Canada or, or you know Asia or wherever wherever you're looking is you know hold on to the to the to the New Zealandness and the and the Kiwiness, but also um, making sure that we're you know we are bringing on that that kind of that international or local flavor as we continue to expand. Yeah, I think it's um, that trust kind of gets your foot in the door, but it's the the work that you guys are doing to build that trust past just Kiwis are nice to Kiwis are also doing amazing things and can really be great customers or suppliers for you. Yeah. Awesome. So tech is, I saw you at the 10 100 launch the other day. So I know, you know, tech is the second largest export um, market for New Zealand and it's growing really rapidly. Is there anything you think New Zealand tech can offer to the world um, from what you've seen in the last few months um, that's special or unique? Absolutely. Yeah. It was interesting to see the growth and the contribution that the tech sector um, has been having uh, on the New Zealand economy, you know, recently and where it's forecasted to go and to be able to, you know, sit in, in different rooms or communities or, or, or networks and look at New Zealand tech founders and people working in the tech sector and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're launching rockets, we're going to space, we're using um, materials, you know, in super innovative ways, solving really global problems. And there's a whole lot of that happening in our backyard. I think the challenge is, yeah, is... is taking that and scaling that globally but the the brains and the innovators and the founders and the people working here on big world problems and and big solutions 
yeah, it's a really exciting time to be a part of the New Zealand tech sector. And how's Tracksuit going to be part of that? What's your plan for the next five years? You know, we're working in, in market research and brand tracking and, and, and I think, you know, our big vision or, or our, our mission is um, building so that Tracksuit becomes part of, of strategic uh, growth conversations for the best brands of today and tomorrow. Um, when we look at, you know, how do we continue to build to become that common language to measure, understand and communicate the value of brand on great businesses. Um, and at the same time, Tracksuit be really well respected for the way that we've growing the team, the culture that we have, and to be able to prove that we can build big billion dollar businesses repeatable out of our backyard and, and moving overseas. And so for us over the next couple of years, um, New Zealand and Australia are markets that are, are relatively established and, uh, and and scaling really nicely. And now I think the big challenge uh, for us is that we start to take on is you know looking at the Northern Hemisphere, looking at more markets and really proving out a, uh, a repeatable and scalable model that we can take tracksuit you know truly global over the next next five years but doing a a great job in, in in the northern hemisphere and then being able to you know bring that back share those learnings across the tech sector around what we've um what we've done what's been successful what's not been so successful and continue to uh i think see more new zealanders look at the tech sector and 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 whether it's SaaS or whether it's tech or whether it's deep tech um as genuine career opportunities I think looking at you know Connor and I with with legal or with you know studied law and 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 now we're working in working in tech and founding businesses and um, proving out that it's a, a really viable way to solve big problems, have a great career and and be you know really well known on a on a global scale uh, for tech businesses coming out of New Zealand. I love that. Thanks so much for joining us today, Matt. Um, that's it for this episode of the See Tomorrow First podcast. See Tomorrow First is all about making New Zealand technology world famous. And there are lots of ways for you to leverage this campaign to help you scale your tech offshore, no matter where you're at on your scaling journey. So check out the huge range of tools and resources at seetomorrowfirst.nz. Um, and you can listen to this podcast plus other episodes by visiting the See Tomorrow First website or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a pleasure to host you today. I'm Courtney from NZ Tech. Namihinui. Nui.